What's up, everybody? It's Miles Turner, the Indiana Pacers. You're listening to the Pacers Podcast. Be sure to follow at Pacers on Twitter. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Pacers Podcast, the only Australian NBA podcast with a bias toward the Indiana Pacers. It's been a while since I've done that, but felt pretty good, I must say. Um, Adam with you alongside my usual uh, partners in Justin and Alex. Uh, it has been a little bit of time since we caught up with you guys. We appreciate you uh, reaching out, asking us how we're going, asking us what's going on with the show, that sort of stuff. And look, fact is, life sometimes kind of gets in the way. You know, families, professional life, that sort of stuff. Uh, a few months ago, I think we probably put a bit too much pressure on ourselves to like try and get guests from the other side of the world when in actual fact, the reason you guys listen is because we're just three guys from Australia that have a pretty good take on the game. So um, we want to get back to that. We want to come to you once a week. Uh, we want to continue to talk about this Pacers team that ironically has been the most exciting Pacers team to watch since we started doing this thing. So we'll talk about that in a second. But we appreciate all the well wishes. We appreciate everyone liking and commenting on the post from yesterday. It was a little bit of a teaser. Uh, and there was a reason for that because we're coming back. So, um, Justin, I'll, I'll start with you and then I'll come back around to myself. Uh, what have you been doing with your time? Like, what's uh, what's the last couple months look like for you? Oh, honestly, just watching paces every game this season. Um, and that that's honest, like, opinion, like you mentioned Adam, it was a bit of a drag last year. The last few years, ever since we started this podcast, we got us through lockdown. And obviously, we hate Kevin Pritchard on the show. But, you know, that last Oladipo season, it was tough to get content out. And then the, the preseason there was tough as well. So um, we've been kind of messaging each other a bit, saying, oh, man, what a pity. You know, this has been the best pace of season to watch in a while. We're not doing the podcast now. So I'm glad that he's back together. Um, I love watching the team now. I love all the pace defense takes on the team. Everyone seems positive about each and every player on the roster, which is probably a rare occurrence. So, yeah, I'm keen, Adam. Get back into the podcast and um, make it good for the fans. And, Alex, um, I just got word that Jeff Saturday is taking over as the interim head coach of the Pacers for the next couple of months. How do you feel about that? Don't do this to me. Don't do this to me, Adam. It's not nice, mate. It's not nice. Colts fans are in absolutely hell right now. But uh, but you know what? It's okay because we got the paces. Normally it's the other way around, funnily enough. But that's right. As Justin said, I mean, uh, I've compared it a bit on Twitter to the seventeen eighteen season, um, and really like that's the most fun I've had as a fan. I don't know about you guys, but that's easily the most fun I've had as a fan. And this season's up there, man. I mean, uh, it all starts with Halliburton, obviously, but they just play with so much joy. I mean, it's easy team to root for. You got Matherin, who will talk smack to absolutely anyone, was jawing with the Raptors coaches today. Like I just love everyone on this team, like Justin said. It's just awesome to watch. It's been really good for me. Um, I think I've been uh, pretty busy with the NBL here uh, in Australia. I've been covering NBL games, commentating NBL games, and doing some NBL podcasts as well. So... Um, no shortage of my voice all around the traps, but um, this was my first one and your first podcast always tends to be your favorite. So I'm glad I get to be able to return to this one. Um, let's talk about this team because we've got a lot to get through and we won't get to all of it today, uh, but we can just talk about the very best stuff. We're 21 and 17. If I told you guys that we were 21 and 17 at this point of the season in you know August, September of this year, 
uh, I think you both would have laughed at me. And Justin, I want to start with you because we did predictions just before we had a bit of a hiatus. And uh, my prediction was that Tyrese Halliburton would make the all-star game. And your prediction was that Benedict Matherin would be a better player than Tyrese Halliburton when it's all said and done. How the hell could we both be right potentially about that? Yeah, yeah, it's funny, Adam, isn't it? Like, I wasn't as high on Halliburton as others were, but boy, have I been proved wrong. Like, he's an all-star and, and that I didn't know he was that good. I saw a bit of him in Sacramento, but I didn't really get the pace of fans' obsession with him. I knew it was probably a good trade with Sabonis, but, yeah, he's been a shining light for me. Um, so good. And, again, I'll, I'll say I was wrong. You know, I was big on getting Jaden Ivey. He, he has not looked good this year. No, not at all. He's in a Detroit team. He, he's shooting. He's low. He's forced his shots. And we've got this Benedict Matherin guy who he's just turned the whole fan base on his head. Like Unbelievable. In the running for rookie of the year, sixth man of the year, he's taking it to other superstars. He's that kind of dog, Alex, we need, which we've needed for years. I was just going to tweet out something about the bench scoring because he has, I think, an 120 point lead over Malik Monk, who's second right now in the league. Like, that's ridiculous for a 20 year old to be doing that. And uh, and he's gone through a slump as well. Like, yeah. he struggled with his shot and he's still getting the free throw line like eight or 10 uh, times a game. So, how, like, what, when was the last time a Pacers player did that? Maybe Paul George? I think it was 20 points a game in November and then about 14 in December. So, he's still. You know, he's still hovering around 17 points, four rebounds, nearly two assists a game. Like, you, you can't ask for any more from your rookie swingman slash six-man. Like, he's been – but his attitude, I think, is the the biggest thing. And I think all of us think about basketball in a pretty similar way. He's just – there is not one shred of fear in his body. And he will go at anyone and he'll try and score on anyone. He'll score in different ways, like – he got caught at the free throw line today and then did a little fader that was a, a, such a tough shot and just no hesitation whatsoever. He thought he was way through it. He said, yep, this is the way I'm going to score. And he just did it. And that's just a little example of what he's bought this year. And the, the scary part is he's 20 years old and he's only going to get better from here. And we've got, and I'm going to sound like a broken record from anyone who's, who heard us previously in a year, We've got such a good opportunity to take advantage of our cap space and surround these two young kids with like stars, with veteran, great players. And we've got one more pick up our sleeve or potentially three. I mean, we've got, you know, a mid-round pick in the Cavs pick. We've got a late-round pick in the Boston pick. We've got our own pick, which at this point could be 20. So, I mean, what do we do with potentially three picks after pick 15? Wemby's not coming. So we we have to get creative. We've got to try and get into teams that have got potential all-stars or high-salary players that they're going to want to get rid of. And we're going to have to make that sort of thing happen because this is such a unique opportunity to take advantage of a situation to have two great young players, Justin, and to be able to build around those young players for the next six, seven, eight seasons to come. But you have to start building that now. Yeah, it's very interesting. I've this season's been so rocky for me because I, I I was on the camp that I wanted Pacers to go all in for Wemby. Yeah, and it looked like right. the, the team was heading that way. So 
that's kind of been scratched. And I think for anyone still in that, like what a pace is doing, like they're not going to contend this year. You've got to get your mindset on paces have to attract free agents to this team somehow. And they're not going to want to go to a team like Orlando or Detroit with eight wins this season so far. Players aren't going to want to go there. Halliburton is a franchise altering player and Rick Carlisle's even admitted that by saying people want to play with him. People are actually going to saying the likes of D and LeBron and that that sort of echelon of players, but more so your mid mid-level players who want to become an all-star will want to come to Indiana. That's how to get over the Wemby kind of sweepstakes, I think, because we're not going to get him like you said, Adam. So um, to put it in this season in context, what did you say? Paces have 21 wins. Their over-under for the season was 23 and a half. So two wins, three wins from scratching that over and we're not even halfway through the season. It's insane. I mean, Alex, Miles has obviously stuck around um, and I want to talk to you about Miles because I always ask you about him. Um, but <laughs> we got the opportunity to pay him $34 million this year and then you know, pay him what would be probably more of a market reasonable salary. So he could, you know, conceivably sign an extension that could pay him like 34 million, 38 million this year, whatever it is. And then like 20 every year after that, kind of like, I think Nick Collison did a very similar thing in, uh, in OKC about 10 years ago, he signed on to $12 million and then five years at about two and a half million a year. We can do kind of the, the alternate version of that for a, a guy that is worth far more. Um, and you, you couldn't have said three, four months ago that that was a possibility. But with Miles as our, our cornerstone big man, I mean, Halliburton makes everyone look good. Um, Miles was already good. So Miles looks even better. And it's a realistic option that he sticks around and makes a fair bit of money. It's such a tough situation because I think Kevin Pritchard wants to keep this team together, right? Yeah. But if Miles doesn't sign the extension... You have to trade him. You you cannot yeah. lose a guy who's maybe your most your third most valuable asset behind Halliburton and Matherin. Like you can't afford to lose him for nothing. So um, you know, he he's looming contract extension is probably the biggest thing that will happen at the deadline this season for the Pacers, because again, that dictates what happens for the rest of the year. Like if you if you trade him, all of a sudden you're probably gonna lose a lot of games. You might be in the back end of the playing, but you know, if you get that extension done, then you might be a buyer at the deadline. You know, we've been linked to Obi Toppin the past week, John Collins before that. Like, paces are starting to get rumored with guys when everyone thought we were going to be sellers with Buddy and Miles. So I think for me, Miles has been phenomenal this year. I'd love to see him. You guys know I love Miles. Um, but yeah, at, at the end of the day, the extension is the biggest thing because if he doesn't sign it, you know, you, you got to deal him. What's everyone's prediction? I, I don't think he signs it. There's just been that many. I know he lost playing with Halliburton, but this is one chance to test the free agent market. Yeah, I was gonna, I think that, that for me is the biggest thing. Eight yeah. years in the league, he's yeah. never been an unrestricted free agent. That's crazy for most players. And, uh, you know, what, like Mitchell Robinson and Nurkic got 17 a year. I mean, Miles has to be looking at that and saying, I'm worth what? 21 22 to a team so yeah uh, uh it's tough i hope he signs it but i'm probably with you justin i think the only way that he signs it is if it's basically i think he's on 19 a year this year and we can get that up to like 37 so what's that that's another 18 
if we tack on 20 a year for the following four and make it effectively five years, 100 million more, um, including this season, so this season plus four more uh, and a $100 million raise over that time, I think he has to sign it. So the 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 question is whether he's worth $20 million a year and he's currently getting paid $19 million a year. So I would say that effectively you're locking him down for the rest of Ben's rookie contract plus the first year of Ben's extension. So if you look at it from that perspective, if you don't have anyone else that you can go out and get with Miles and the picks that you have, you have to re-sign him. I mean, he's one of the best rim protectors in the league. Um, I guess the only thing that could potentially, that's actually worked against the Pacers' favor that could have worked for them three or four months ago is the Gobert trade. Rudy Gobert is, you know, just as good of a shot blocker as, as Miles, but a slightly better player in terms of rebounding and uh, offensive production. He went for four unprotected picks and a couple of pick swaps. If the Pacers had sold on Miles Turner back then, maybe they could have got heaps. But now that that trade looks like the worst in NBA history, <laughs> um, I, I just, Justin, I'm not sure what the market is for Miles. No, well, I, I think it's definitely worth at least one first-round pick now. I, I think the interesting thing is, though, I mean, I can't think of getting Miles' head because I can't comprehend all that money being thrown around to myself. But yeah. um, all these teams that are rumoured to get Miles, with the Pacers have played them this year and, you know, he might be going, geez, do I want to go to the Los Angeles Lakers? Do I want to go on Golden State? Who does? Like, Honestly, I'm having more fun in Indiana. Like, I'm not saying the Pacers are contending for a championship or anything like that, but if he's just talking about having fun, growing with a young team, you know, what, what teams are going to go on that's actually going to contend for the championship? Like, I'd only say there's two or three contenders this year, and they're all stacked with Giannis and, you know, Jokic and Embiid. They're not going to want Miles. So it's very interesting. I'm sure this is kind of thrown a little haymaker into his decision. Uh, but, yeah, like I said, if I had to predict... Um, I think he will test the free agent market and then it's going to be interesting to see if we do trade him at the deadline. And then that brings up another point, right, guys? And that's if we trade Miles, what happens with Buddy Hill? He's like Indiana's favourite player since Reggie Miller right now. <laughs> yeah, he's he's ridiculously popular. And he's shooting the ball, as Tyrese Halberton's dad told him to do, Alex. And, and it's paying off <laughs> because he's playing his role perfectly. And you got the uh, fastest three-pointer in NBA history. So there you go, mate. Second to – oh, no, first to Reggie, second. Um, but I think the the Pacers tweeted today, he has like 50 straight games with a uh, three-pointer. So, I mean, we've had some guys like CJ Miles who were kind of streaky, but I actually – I've said this before. I like Buddy Heald. I like him on this Pacers team. Him and Tyrese uh, have like the most assisted combo in the league. So I hope we keep him. But I understand if you package him with Miles, right? Like, try to get most out of those two. NBA fans, the NBA action is just getting started, and so are the incredible offers at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can make any $5 NBA pregame Moneyline bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to a 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, Place the same game parlay and combine multiple bets like which team will win, total rebounds, total points scored, and more. If you'd bet on the Pacers a lot this season, then you'd probably come out a winner. They weren't expected to win this many games. With bigger payouts than ever, 
DraftKings Sportsbook is where I go to bet on the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Make any $5 bet this week and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. I think the key for me, though, is as per usual, the free agent market this coming off season is terrible. Um, I mean, you're not going after Harden, Kyrie... You're not going after Chris Apps. You're not going after Draymond. You're not going after Chris Middleton or Fred Vlamvleet, who can't hit the road side of the bar of a barn right now, and once again today really struggled. Um, so you're not going after Nick Vucevic or Cam Johnson or Harrison Barnes and paying them heaps and heaps of money. So you really have to decide what you want to do in terms of swinging for the fences, either trade deadline or draft night, because. Let's say you slip and, you know, not to be a pessimist, but we're talking about a really young team here. So it is a really good team, but let's say you slip into the play-in, you lose a play-in game because you're young and you get the 14th pick, the 20th pick and the 28th pick or something like that. Then you've got probably the opportunity to either move up or alternatively try and package something for a player that someone wants to get rid of. And... I mean, there are reasons that teams want to get rid of players all the time, but uh, that probably looks to be a better option than to play the free agent game because there's just not enough free agents out there. And for that very reason, I'm throwing the money at, at Miles because there's no other place to spend your money this season uh, unless you can get a couple of picks off the Knicks and take on Fournier, and it's going to cost you a couple of picks and Toppen um, to be able to take on a really, really bad long-term deal. Um, but Justin, I just don't see a reason not to extend miles right now. And I'm also mindful that we haven't had an episode in ages and here we are talking about miles again. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny he, to me. I'd love to be inside Kevin or talk to Kevin Pritchard about what trajectory he wants to take this team. Cause the way I look at it, some might say this is a bit harsh, but if we're looking at, you know, that three to five year rebuild, who are the only players I could see on the team in three to five years? It'd be Tyrese and Matherin. They're the only two. I feel like everyone outside that is expendable. That they, they have to be at the right price. Um, it, it's going to be interesting to see how the fans take a Buddy or, and Miles trade pre-trade deadline. I feel like they're going to be mindful of that, seeing they've nearly sold out their past two or three home games. When has that happened in the past four or five years? Yeah. So I feel like that plays a lot into Indiana and what they do with the, the fan support. So it's really a tough decision. But then, like you mentioned, Adam, we can't go back to mediocrity, which we've been so used to. And you mentioned, oh, yeah, we'll probably come ninth or 10th and maybe lose a playing game. We're back to square one with Brogdon and Sabonis, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. Difference being that we've got a backcourt that's under 22. Um, and I think that's the that's the huge difference between this year and the previous couple of years. We're not talking about guys in their mid to late twenties that don't that their ceiling has been reached. We're talking about guys that you know the world's their their oyster, and they're about to potentially be all stars. And if you you know if you can get Halliburton the all star game this year, if you can get Bend the all star game next year or the year after, then you're really looking at an all star backcourt. And how many teams can say that they've got an all star backcourt? Uh, not many. And that carries you a really long way. And when one of those players is so unselfish as is Ben, I mean, 
Alex, as Justin rightly pointed out earlier, um, people want to play with an unselfish player. So, you know, we're going to potentially attract guys that want to play with a guy that's unselfish, that passes the ball, that gets them involved. Um, Culture has been a huge thing in this team. We've seen it go really, really right in 17, 18 and in this season. And in the middle seasons, it's gone really horribly wrong. So you have to be so careful about who you get on this side right now. I mean, you look at a guy like Carl Anthony Towns and he doesn't appear to be a good cultural fit anywhere. Like maybe he could rehabilitate his image somewhere like Indiana, but right now his own hometown fans don't like him very much. He's not playing very hard. He doesn't play defense and he's finding it difficult to, you know, string together wins uh, for a team that's found that very, very difficult for about 25 years. So, I mean, that's a guy that, is potentially gettable, but do you really want a guy like that? Well, when we talk about being like the middle of the pack, that's why when I see the John Collins rumor, I'm like, yeah, like yes, Collins would be a good fit with Halliburton because everyone is, but you should aim higher, right? So I'm looking at guys like if the Raptors are blowing it up, yeah, like ask them about Pascal Siakam. What's yep. he worth? You look OG. at what the Cavs were last year. Of course, yeah, OG as well. I know Indiana fans love him as I do. Uh, but you look at the Cavs last year, they were a team that got bounced in the uh, play-in, but they were they were better than that. But they got bounced in the play-in. They packaged their picks and go out and get a superstar who just had one of the craziest games ever today, 71 Donovan Mitchell. So if you're the Pacers, that's the type of player you need to package your picks for. Three first-round picks. That's what the Cavs gave up, right, for Mitchell. So yeah. you have three in this year's draft. I know they're late first-rounders, but you also own your first in the future as well. So if you're Kevin Pritchard, if you're Indiana and you want to keep this team, you know, Halliburton, Mather and Turner, go out and get that star player. Don't just like, you know, we've made a lot of lateral trades in the past. Go up and go up another tier and trade for that, you know, star level guy like a OG or Siakam. Effectively, you're looking for a guy in his mid to late 20s that's won a playoff series before. That, that's that's the resume that you're looking for. And you're looking for Turner, Heald, all three picks this year, potentially another pick down the line. And I mean, surely that that's, that's a really good conversation for a team to have that could offer someone that you could pair with Halliburton and Matherin. I, I'm going to set that uh, speech from you, Alex, as my message tone because uh, <laughs> I, I, just inject that in my, in, in my veins. Like I, I'm so sick of the lateral moves here. They need to swing for the fences. And, yeah, they probably try, but um, this is what we all went back to, Adam, and it's Kevin Pritchard's trajectory. What, what way is he going to take this? So it's like, you know, he's got two roads. What, what way is he going to go? Because he could full-on rebuild this team. Like they said, they were going to probably at the end of last year. No one thought the Pacers would be this good. So um, it's going to be an interesting decision, I guess, in the next six, eight weeks. We're going to know what this team's going to look like for the rest of the season. But I feel like nobody wants to play in tournament loss. Like, no no one wants that. No, I, I think we can be really clear on the fact that if you're going all in, then you're going all in to to make waves in the playoffs. You're going, you're going after Bradley Beal at that point. I mean, you know, Bradley Beal's only a year, uh, a year older than uh, the Donovan Mitchell, I think. So, or two years older than Donovan Mitchell. So, you you look at it from that perspective, and you think, well, you know, 
could you get a guy like that? He's probably a little on the old side, but you're going, my point is you're going for an all-star. You're going for a guy that can score 20 a night, hit a big shot in the clutch and lead this team in the right manner um, to, to a playoff victory. And if you can't get a guy like that, then you don't trade your assets. You extend miles. You know, you keep your picks until draft night and try and turn them into more picks and try and turn them into further assets. The good thing about this team is that aside from the miles contract decision, Ben and Tyrese are only going to get better next season. So you shouldn't make a move just for the sake of making a move because you've got two guys on rookie deals. Tyrese is going to be eligible for his rookie extension this summer. So effectively, as soon as he signs that, you're on the clock. You have to surround him with players next season. You've got this season and next season to do that. I was doing some cap numbers and I asked Tony East uh, a question. I did a bit of research myself. And I mean, the rookie max for Tyrese, if he finishes in the All-NBA team, could be as high as $40 million a year from the outset. So mm-hmm. when you look at it from that way, and when you think that the cap's going to be about 120-odd million, so he's getting a 30% of the cap, then you have to trade for guys now because you're not going to have cap in two seasons to be able to get anyone in the free agent market because Tyrese is going to be on $40 million. You're going to trade for someone who's probably making another 40. Then you're probably going to have to pay Ben 30. I mean, Alex, that's the kind of reality we're looking at. I said it earlier in the year, we could have a, you know, we could have a a, a backcourt sign for a combined two to $300 million. And it's looking more and more likely that that's the case. This is uh this is un- uncharted waters for the paces, isn't it? Though we're yeah. so used to having so many guys in like the eighteen to twenty range, so just hearing that number alone kind of uh <laughs> kind of makes me scared. But it's scary. Yeah, yeah, it is. But that's that's why Kevin. Listen, I do not envy Kevin Pritch's job because I wouldn't be able to make these decisions. You know, you go one way, they're gonna hate you. You go the other, they're gonna hate you. So. Look, at the end of the day, I think it's good because I trust Rick Carlisle. I trust Kevin Pritchard. I trust these guys to make the right moves. But I will just say, you know, on the first round exit, I get some fans being upset at that. But if they are first round exit this year, I would look at it like the uh, gentleman's sweep. I think it was like in 2011 that the Pacers got to the Bulls. Yeah. Because that, that team, we knew that they were building towards something, right? Like that first round exit wasn't a bad thing because you had PG. You had Lance and Roy starting to come into their own. So, you know, if the Pacers are a first-round exit to the Bucks or to the Nets or whatever, I, I hope fans understand that getting playoff experience for Tyrese and Matherin and all these guys would actually be really good. How many draft picks and contracts would Anthony Edwards cost right now, <laughs> Justin? Like, if it, let's say, let's say... Uh, Buddy Heald, Miles Turner, whatever, like whatever contracts aside from Tyrese and Ben. And then you got three picks this year. You got your next three unprotected picks. You got your next three pick swaps. Let's say we send out seven, eight, nine picks. Would you do it? Oh, it's tough. I don't know. Um, yeah, I'm always. Well, what I ask, mate, tough questions. Yeah, it, it, it is tough, but. I, look, in Pacers, I would never begrudge them. I think all three of us would agree we would never be upset for the Pacers if they swung for the fences on a superstar. And if they went, 
if we all said, oh, man, they gave up too much for that, I actually do not think we would care because in our whole lifetime of being a Pacer fan, they've never made that blockbuster deal or trade or free agent signing. So it would it would be great news, I think. I think you'd, you'd welcome it with open arms and then you'd have, what, Halliburton, Matherin, Anthony Edwards and maybe Miles Turner, you know, that that kind of probably gets you up into the upper echelon of, of the yep. East competing for conference championships. That That's honestly, if you had that, if you had Anthony Edwards added to Tyrese, Ben, Miles Turner, you're effectively a contender for the next five seasons in the East. So you look at, you look at it from that perspective and you're definitely giving up your next five years worth of picks and pick swaps. So, as long as as long as the guy's name's not Rudy Gobert, I'm fine with any uh, any blockbuster <laughs> trade. Yeah, I mean, look, I think you have to have a similar conversation about anyone around the league that's at that level. There just isn't that much young talent that he can match Tyrese Halliburton, frankly. And that's the the crazy part about the fact that we're able to trade for him. We obviously traded an all star away, but we got a guy who was four or five years younger and he's better. And uh, Justin, I. I I can't believe it. I, and let's, like I brought up with players wanting to come to Indiana, let's not forget DeAndre Ayton signed to be a pacer last yep. season. And that was, Tyrese Halliburton reached out, was in the meeting with him. So, you know, DeAndre Ayton was just on a previous, you know, NBA final center team. So if that can't tell you the type of caliber player, hopefully Halliburton can bring, pacers can go into meetings with all these free agents. And I'm sure Rick Carlisle will to show footage and say, Halliburton, look how much better he got Miles Turner. Look how much better he got Buddy Heald in the right system playing under Rick Carlisle. You know, this is the way I've got out of that Wemby sweepstakes is to go, okay, we can rebuild in another way. And while we're on it, Adam and Alex, I actually just want to give a shout out since we haven't been on for nearly a year and that's Rick Carlisle. I, he is just... You know, sometimes he does a bit weird rotations, but I think he has had, he should nearly win coach of the year as of this I was, point. I was going to say, he has to be in the convo, doesn't he? Has to be. Like, so good. You can, he's changed the entire culture of the team. If you follow the paces, which not much of the national media do, you know, we, we had players swinging at assistant coaches last year. Like, it wouldn't be happening this year with Goga pushing an assistant coach and all that biff and players hating each other on the court. You watch a paces game now. That's all because of Rick Carlisle, I think. And look at what he's gotten out of, you know, Aaron Neesmith, a guy who was completely gone out of the rotation in Boston. I know they're a better team, but he comes here and he's averaging, you know, double figures in the month of December. He's shooting it better now. Like, Rick just, he has that ability to get the most out of guys, I think, which we haven't really had in a long time. We've never had a coach like it really since Rick Carlisle. I mean, you know, I would say that, um, the Paul George teams obviously had the best vibes, but that was a that was a collective. That was David West. That was George Hill. That was you know a series of leaders in that team. Whereas this is all Rick leading a bunch of impressionable, malleable young men who want to get better. Um, and that's not discounting Tyrese Halliburton's leadership. And he's clearly the leader of this team, and he's clearly already the leader of this team, um, despite you know, some conjecture about whether he would be uh, earlier in the season. But he is. You, you can't doubt that whatsoever. I think, yeah, it's he's, he's done a tremendous 
develops players you mentioned, Alex. Uh, even, you know, you hear stories about Ben Matherin sitting next to Carlo on the on the plane and learning plays and going over plays. And then you see the next game, he'll improve on something and they'll say, oh, you know, Rick actually talked to Matherin through that. Um, his wants there. People thought Carlo would just come to the paces for a year and then move into the front office. I don't think that's happening anytime soon. Not at all. He seems to have a real passion for coaching these young men. Um, and I, I think it's showing in the way that they're playing. It's showing in the way that he's coaching and approaching it. Uh, it I think it's it's a win-win. It's really a win-win um, for him and for everyone involved. It's probably ignited that passion in him over the next few years to really build something. Um, and just getting back to, to players to target, I mean... OG is still only 25. Um, and I know that you put up a, an old jersey swap of his uh, earlier today, Alex. Um, I, I mean, you, you look at you look at adding him to what we have and it, it just seems to be such a layup. I mean, how the, the one thing that you could say about Tyrese and Ben is that just like any other young backcourt, Defensively, they do struggle. So if you can get an all-world defensive player like OG Ananobi and pair them, pair him with those sort of guys um, on the perimeter, then I just feel like you have to explore that if Toronto ends up blowing it up. Um, and I'd give all three picks this year for OG plus probably an expiring deal. And for all the listeners out there, I hope you understand that for us to compliment like an Indiana college player like yeah. this, they have to be good. <laughs> yeah, we not, don't know anyone else that goes to college in Indiana. We really don't. Only um, against the uh, we're only against the Pacers Twitter bias, but this one I'm okay with. And did you guys see Tyrese with a little Oladipo recruiting? Yeah, I like uh, tactic it. today. <laughs> I like it. I mean, look, Tyrese is not dumb, right? You put OG at power forward on this team with. The current starting lineup, you swap out Neesmith for OG Ananobi. And there's a just such a incredible team just waiting there. And, you know, you've got the cap space to be able to take on his deal plus another one if you want. If you want dead cap from Toronto, you've got a bunch of picks to be able to make it happen. You may not even have to give up a player in that sort of a deal if you give up enough picks. So I, I just... I think you'd be silly for not considering it if Toronto choose to blow it up because right now he's exactly what we need. But the great thing about this team is that we've already got most of what we need because we're 21 and 17 and we've got two rookie players. Um, it, it's such a rich and lucky time for this ball club. Uh, and I think for us, we're thrilled to sort of be back and bring you a little bit of commentary Next episode, next week, we'll get into a little bit more of the actual games themselves, but we just wanted to give you a little bit more of a recap on what's been going on with us. And um, thank you and welcome you back. Um, and we appreciate you downloading and listening. We will continue to be back with you on Tuesdays. Our time will record. Uh, but until then, thanks so much for listening to the Pacer Roos. See you later.